time for some me time. Bubble bath, take me away. Lavender to clear my thoughts. And now my bath is ready. Dang it, forgot Cornelius. <gasps> Spider! Grandma, are you near the monitor? Always listening, Kipper. Get in here quick, Daddy Longlegs. Episode 28.1 There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers all right, hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, so, um, you know, we just recorded our Thor podcast. Uh, if you uh, want to check that out and you want to listen to the Thor podcast as well, listen to that. This is going to be our news podcast. It's a separate podcast. But uh, if you haven't listened to the Thor podcast and you have seen Thor The Dark World, definitely check that out. We had a lot of fun recording it. And then we had a uh, new guest, Gina, uh, who may be a possible new leftover, hopefully, in the future. So, uh, But definitely check that out. Um, guys, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know about this until today. I use, when we talked to Gina on the Thor podcast, I use a program, it's called VoxOx, and, um, it, it gives, it actually gives me a phone number. Right. And so somebody called that phone number and they thought it was someone's number named Michael. <laughs> so this guy named Hassan called the number Thought he was calling and leaving a message for this guy, Michael. Okay? So I want to go ahead and play the message here real quick, okay? Michael, good morning. This is Hassan. Please call me when you get this message. I believe you had a bill. She's not paid. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> has gone by me. Uh, you, you never mentioned it. Please call me to see what it is that I can uh, send a check for you. <laughs> Again, I apologize. We're mis- mishandling this. Uh, 714? Yeah, I cut off the number because I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to. Let's, let's call him on the air. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Tell you what. We're going to call this guy next week. <laughs> nice, nice. We're gonna, I'm excited. We're that. gonna call Hassan next week. I've got his phone number. We'll give him a call next week. Awesome. That's I, a gr- that's a great tease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, hey, definitely listen next week. We're gonna go call Hassan back. But the reason I played this, I wanted to play this mes- message just in case that uh, there's a chance, uh, the small chance that Michael is listening to Pop Culture Leftovers right now because um, apparently you owe Hassan a bill. You didn't pay it. <laughs> So, um, 
you know, <laughs> just want to make sure that you that you're aware of that. So, Michael, seriously, you're seriously you're a fucking bum. You didn't pay. Your, you didn't yeah, pay. Michael, your, we know you're listening. Who doesn't? Right, you're a fucking deadbeat. <laughs> pay pay your fucking bill, you piece of shit. <laughs> seriously, you got Hassan calling you. I mean, Hassan doesn't just call anybody. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) You fuck with Hassan, you fuck with pop culture leftovers. (laughs) You're going to be sleeping with the fishes, see? Taking a fucking bath. I'm going to give you some cement shoes. (laughs) Don't fuck with Hassan, that's all I got to say. He sounded like a really nice guy, you know? He did, he did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this Michael's taking advantage of Hassan, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, this Michael guy seems like a complete dickhead. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. Fuck you, Michael. Yeah, we don't, if you are listening, stop listening. We don't want you no more. Right. <laughs> Pop culture dickhead. We don't need you. We don't need yeah. you, Michael. No. Sorry, Michael. Yeah. You blew it, buddy. You better, you better leave, Hata- leave town before Hassan comes after you. <laughs> um, I wanted to read some. Li- we're, no, seriously, we're gonna call Hassan next week. Anyway, we're calling yes. him. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to read some listener emails before we get started with our new segment. Um, our second contest winner, uh, Charlotte Callantine, is apparently still listening to the podcast, and she writes us, "I'm finally back, catching up, still loving you guys, and spreading the word. Thanks for being epic and feeding my geek cravings." So. Thank you, Charlotte, for still listening. We really appreciate it. That's awesome. Wow. Epic. That. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Epic. It depends on what the next word is. <laughs> she's great. I, yeah, it's really good to hear from her. I'm glad she's still listening for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as epic goes, I think this show is more. <laughs> yeah, we're epic fail. Oh, 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 damn it. <laughs> <laughs> time I hear that, I want to beat my chest. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a victory, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and then uh, listener Ryan Martinez writes us, Dear Fearless Leaders, I just wanted to throw this out there to let you guys know that I've been listening since the beginning and love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the Meet Meet the Leftovers episode and hearing about the girls next door in the early episodes. He says he's raising his glass. Here's to more great episodes and building the army. He signs it Ryan Martinez, Infantryman. So apparently he's a member of the mythical Leftover Army. (laughs) Nice, nice. It, it, it seems like people just kind of decide whether or not they're in this army or not. Right. <laughs> but that almost brings a tear to my eye. That was very nice. Yeah, thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, Ryan. You're awesome. There's a tissue, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Now, our listener, Lee, he wrote us and he said, First off, let me say I love the podcast. Very, very entertaining for my long drives. Happy to see the problems you were having with the recording issues have been taken care of. Uh, actually, they haven't been. Jake is still on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I heard you talking about possi- possibly stopping the podcast altogether because of it, I caught myself yelling at the iPod, No! It's a trap! 
(laughs) (laughs) He had an Admiral Akbar moment. Um, Oh, we all have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, he says the purpose of this letter is for a suggestion to be added onto your rating system. I thought of this while listening to a few – to a podcast a few episodes back where you were talking about Ben Affleck being the new Batman and you guys were rating it. Some really didn't have an opinion on it yet because they felt they just didn't have enough info to make a decision on it. And they said they will just wait and see. I have seen this decision made a few times after the Ben Affleck choice. So I'm thinking for the time someone wants to wussy out right now because they are afraid of sampling it for the rating system, add a freeze it. Oh, I like that. He says, this way it's still there to bring back out later, but on the second defrosting of it, they have to sample it and rate it because it's not going back into the freezer a second time. I fucking love the way he phrased everything, and I like that idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. But, but what tastes better after it's frozen, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't uh, that kind of already tell you the decision? I I don't I like it. I really do like yeah, that. I That's do. a good idea. Well, I mean, I think that uh it, from now on if you guys feel the need in a certain decision, maybe a casting choice or or something like that, not a movie that's come out, we have to rate it, but maybe like a decision of a casting choice or a certain direction that a franchise is going in. Maybe if you want to, maybe if you don't have, I don't know, maybe if you don't have balls, maybe if you're, <laughs> no, maybe if you're a gigantic pussy and you just don't feel like rating something, you can throw it into the freezer and freeze it. I'm not saying that you're a pussy for it. And I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, <laughs> just that you're ballless. <laughs> yeah, even though you did. Yeah, I did pretty much. But no, Lee makes a good point. Like with the Ben Affleck casting, we might all eat crow on that. And so it, after that, like if Ben Affleck does a, an amazing job, I may be sitting back and saying, man, I wish I would have fucking taken Lee's advice and frozen this motherfucker. I agree. I yeah. agree. It, it is a safety net, but I will still stand by my toss it on the Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we were rating what we thought about the news, not the actual performance. So yeah, those that, are two separate ratings anyway. That, right, but that's, that, I, that's a good point. I yeah. do like it. There are some things where it's like we're – we. I, I know I do. I know Brian does. I know Jake does. There's some things where we have to rate, and we're just stewing over it day after day, 24-7. Sure. And I think sometimes those things do need to be frozen until we have a better perspective on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, you know, I want to get my thoughts out there. I don't want to play it safe every time. And I want people to be able to – honestly, I want people – like if I'm wrong, I want people to be able to come out and see like, Brian, dude, you were fucking wrong, dude. You were wrong. And I'll be like, you know what? I'll eat crow on that shit. I'll be like, you You know what? I was wrong. But you know what? At least I stood by what I said. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be right every time. You guys aren't going to be right every time. No way. Yeah, no way in hell. We've got enough people that get confused enough over our three-tire rating system that it kind of scares me to add a fourth tire. <laughs> I know. I mean, people seriously, people are like, "Oh my god, t- uh, toss it, taste it, Tupperware." Oh my god, my mind, I can't handle it all. Too What's much going on here? It's yeah. not star rating. I don't understand anything but star ratings. I, you know, back what? in my day, we just had thumbs up and thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let's go back to the old Caesar days. (laughs) (laughs) That was Caesar. Thank you, Ebert and Siskel. (laughs) 
you know what, I, I do like this. He did word it. I really like his his the way he put this forth. I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. But guys, okay. The, the reason we've talked about it, and I'm not going to hide it from anybody, is we're called pop culture leftovers. It's about branding. Right. It's right. about branding. That's what we do. We're the leftovers. So taste it. Toss, you know, toss it, taste it, and Tupperware leftovers. It's about branding. We we want to get everybody used to who we are. We are the leftovers. We're, we're not members of the media. We're not this. We're not that. I don't write. I'm not a writer. You know, I don't work for some big company. I'm not working for one of these huge major outlets out there. I'm just a regular Joe. Okay, but at the same time, yeah, I, I'm a leftover and I want to brand my fucking shit. So whatever. Just get used to the rating system. It'll grow on you like fucking Jake. <laughs> you mean we're not sponsored by Rubbermaid? We're not no. getting all these Tupperware references? No, we're I, definitely not getting paid. I know. Huh. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Now, uh, finally, I wanted to talk about our buddy Pete Neen from Twitter. He tweets us at PC Leftovers. Can you guys review Ender's Game? Would like to know what Brian thinks about the movie. Thanks. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Yeah. He could Thanks actually, a lot, Pete. He could give a shit about what you two guys think about the movie. You asshole. Oh, believe me, I know. No. You know what? So, honestly, I think Pete values your uh, uh, opinion, Jake, uh, about as much as he values um, getting AIDS. But um, <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> I love fucking Pete. Dude, Pete, I, I love you. Dude, I love Pete. Suck a dick, Pete. <laughs> oh, come on. Dude just made – dude – hey, dude just gave you like an olive branch a few weeks ago and you're telling – shit. I saw it. I am the one who gave that olive branch out. Okay. Okay. It's true. Okay. That's true. But there was some kind of bonding experience going on between you no, guys. No, me and Pete are buddies now and that's what buddies do. We tell each other to go suck a dick. <laughs> Dude, Pete Neen is the shit. Don't talk don't talk about my Pete. I love Pete Neen. He's the shit, dude. But anyway, I'm going to I'm going to talk about Ender's Game real quick. I did watch Ender's Game in the theater. I will be I can't give you like um probably the best review on the movie having not read the book uh by Orson Scott Card, but I will go on the record to say that I give this movie a Tupperware. I think visually it was fantastic. I enjoyed seeing the kids in the movie and how they interacted with one another. Uh, I liked seeing how the adults relied on the kids for like the answers to the future of humanity. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I gave it a Tupperware. I know it right now it's in limbo. The studio is still trying to figure out if they're going to go the route of a sequel. I hope that it does Get a sequel. Uh, I hope it gets a uh, sequel that's justified to the first movie. I liked it. Pete, I don't know if you'd like the movie or not. I hope this is kind of what you were looking for. But I have to give I have to give the movie a Tupperware. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, after watching the movie, I thought to myself, is this something that I would want to watch again? And if I can say yes to that, most of the time I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Not all the time, but most of the time I'm going to give it a Tupperware. And so I really enjoyed Ender's Game. So hope that answered your question. Uh, can, I, can I ask you a question real quick about Ender's Game? Uh, no. Uh, moving on. Just, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. If, if, if there's never a sequel, is it a complete movie? Will I enjoy it as a complete movie? Yeah, I don't think it has to be like, uh, you know, like at the end of Inception when you see the top spinning. Dude, leave it up to your imagination what happens next. I, I think this movie kind of like wrapped itself up in a nice way. Nice way. I don't think we have to see a sequel. Okay, good deal. 
All right. Now, everyone reading the Harry Potter series, they remember the kids enjoying uh, the drink called Butterbeer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Although it is not a menu item at Starbucks, you can make it there with this recipe. So do you have a pen and paper? Grab a pen. Yes, I do. Write it down. If not, pause the podcast, write it down later. Okay. Here's the recipe if you go to Starbucks. A cream frappuccino base. Don't skip on the fat by asking for skim or 2% milk as whole milk is required for the right consistency. Now add three pumps of caramel syrup, then add three pumps of toffee nut syrup, then top with caramel drizzle. And there you have it. You've done it. You're officially a fucking dork. You've made <laughs> butterbeer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where did that recipe come from? Um, I forget where I got that from, but it is on the internet, and that is the official um, it, the official butterbeer recipe. If you are at Starbucks, you can make it, and that is the official recipe. So um, if you didn't get that, just rewind, hit the 15 seconds, and go back about a minute and write that down, and, and enjoy your own butterbeer at Starbucks. Sounds tasty as fuck. Yeah. And we're also not being paid by Starbucks. Right, unfortunately. We're not being paid by anybody. Hell, I'm not even being paid by Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I saw that coming. <laughs> Spoiler alert. For those, for those of you that don't know, this uh, podcast is hosted on a uh, podcast host called Lipson, which they charge you know, a monthly amount. Since we've been doing this the last six months, uh, Jake has not paid me a goddamn dime. So <laughs> he will. I'm just giving him shit and I'm just letting kind of I'm pulling the curtain back for the other listeners and all that stuff. Jake, I love you. I don't give a fuck if you ever pay me a dime. I want you to be on the show. So that's besides the point. I would do this. I would pay for this show myself. But I got a big sack full of wooden nickels just waiting for you, Brian. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Are you talking about your scrotum again? Because <laughs> seems to come up every five minutes. Yeah, and why? I, why your my scrotum? <laughs> my scrotum, and why it's filled with wooden nickels? I think you'd have plenty of splinters, and I don't think the female companions that you've taken on in the past would appreciate that. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. It's like fucking Pinocchio. Hold on, I gotta recover from that. Okay, go ahead. All right, so let's start with our news segment this week. Uh, I want to thank listeners Matt Smith from Twitter, Kelly from Kentucky, and Jordan Cortain, and Kenneth Tagger, and our very own David Griffin, uh, who does uh, some awesome articles on our website, uh, www.popcultureleftovers.com, for providing us with this story. Uh, I still have uh, hope uh, that uh, Matt Smith from Twitter is the actual Matt Smith from Doctor Who, who is the 11th Doctor. I'm holding out hope that that's who it is, but I doubt it. Anyway, the big news this week that was announced on Thursday that Marvel TV is teaming up with Netflix to make four live-action TV series plus a miniseries programming event. Netflix will be airing four 13-episode shows and one miniseries event. The four shows are going to be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. And these shows will then all come together like an Avengers event in a mini series event called Defenders. Yes. Um, guys, we kind of like kind of bizarre that just last week we kind of talked about this, like what Marvel could do as far as like a TV show. Jake mentioned Hell's Kitchen. 
I went on and mentioned like a Luke Fist, uh, Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire TV show. Um, nobody mentioned Jessica Jones, but that's understandable. But I mean, we all kind of mentioned like this is what Marvel should be doing as far as a TV show is concerned. And uh, it's pretty bizarre that this just got announced this week. That is bizarre. It was really weird because it was right after our last episode we talked about this. And then uh, Matt uh, Smith, yeah, he he tweeted us about this, that this news happened. So it was very, very bizarre. But I, it's such a great idea. I mean, whoever came up with it, I, I'm glad we covered it. But I think it's really the direction they need to go. You have Avengers and you have fucking Defenders. That's awesome. Now, okay, now, I agree. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit about Avengers and then tying it in with Defenders a little bit later, and I'd like to talk to you guys about it and hear your thoughts. Now, Alan Fine, the president of Marvel Entertainment, in the press release, he had this to say. He said, this deal is unparalleled in its scope and size and reinforces our commitment to deliver Marvel's brand content and characters across all platforms of storytelling. Netflix offers an incredible platform for the kind of rich storytelling that Marvel's specialty. This serialized epic expands the narrative possibilities of on-demand television and gives fans the flexibility to immerse themselves how and when they want in what's sure to be a thrilling and engaging adventure. Now, the series will begin in 2015, uh, it'll begin filming in 2015. Then in 2000, oh no, excuse me. The th- series will begin in 2015. Then in 2016, Netflix becomes the exclusive U.S. subscription service for first run live action and animated movies from all branches of Walt Disney Studios, Disney, Disney Animation Studios, Pixar, Marvel Studios, Disney Nature, and Lucasfilm. Now, amazing. I know. Now, Bob Iger also said that if these Netflix shows are popular and I'm sure more importantly profitable, then it could also spark solo movies. Now, if they do turn into movies, do you keep the same actors from the show or do you get bigger names to take on these roles and separate it from the Netflix shows? I'm just wanting to know what you guys think. I don't uh, – hard to say there. We kind of have to wait to see the casting at first. I mean Netflix has already drawn big actors and actresses to their original series. I I have no doubt that they'll do the same for these. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean I uh, – that's always the toughest. I mean we talked about that with The Flash and the DC Universe and Justice League. I, I think that's the same kind of thing where – if the actor doesn't really pull the weight to where he can be on big screen, then I don't think you do it. But, you know, regardless, like, you know, you have Arrow. Arrow is fucking great. I love Arrow. But I do I want to see him, that actor, play Arrow in a Justice League movie? No, not necessarily. So I think that's the same kind of thing you're run up against. Okay. But with this whole thing tying into a Defenders mini uh, uh, episode, Maybe, maybe they could pull it off. I mean, if they have enough weight to make it uh, uh, its own episode with all these characters, then maybe it could transfer over to the movie universe. Okay. Now, let's see here. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, as far as like Arrow real quick, Jay, um, uh, Stephen Amell real quick. This is a side note. Stephen Amell actually tweeted like a picture of uh, the Justice League with Arrow. 
And yeah. a lot of people are speculating that Stephen Amell has been contacted about being uh, Arrow, uh, Green Arrow in the Justice League film. Like, this is part of the expanded universe for DC. So that's just a side note. But back, right. to, back to the Netflix news. Um, I mean, okay. Assuming that Netflix is now considered legitimate in entertainment okay as an online network especially with like new shows like orange is the new black and then the critically uh, acclaimed house of cards and like the latest word of you know j michael straczynski that we talked about last week that kenneth tagger was so generous to give us that new story about him teaming up with the wachowskis for sensei what kind of actors would you know like would you like to see in these roles honestly i mean are we going to get like big time actors or like yeah, at least like B list actors. Like maybe like, are we going to get like maybe, okay, just as an example, like Nathan Fillion to play like daredevil um, or like even Morris chestnut as Luke cage. I mean, is that even feasible? Are we looking at even like D list guys that we haven't even heard of yet? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Grant Gustin from Glee, like not a huge name, but that's, who's going to be Barry Allen in the, in the arrow CW universe. I mean, um, you know, you have to admit that Morris chestnut and Nathan Fillion are bigger names in, uh, Hollywood. Are, are these guys even feasible to be in a Netflix series? And I'm not saying that these are the guys that they're looking at. I'm just throwing these out as examples. No, I think it's feasible. I think Marvel casting does such a great job. I, I think they more try to cast the role as well as they possibly can, more so than trying to pull the biggest name actor they can. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. go ahead, Jay. What are your thoughts? Oh, well, I, I really think it does hinge on the performance of these actors. I don't care if they're B-list or C-list or D-list. It hinges upon how well they play these characters. What hinges? Uh, what hinges? The fact that they are going to be included in part of like maybe like the Marvel Cinematic Universe like with the Avengers? Does that right. Okay. right. Because that's like the gold standard, right? Okay. And yeah. so you're looking at TV as like a, you know, a, a bronze standard or something different, you know. So their performance is, I mean, like, take somebody like Iron Fist. Like, do you really want him in uh, a Marvel movie, first of all? So uh, it's all going to hinge upon whether that actor that plays Iron Fist is really that good that they need to put him in the Marvel uh, movie universe. I really don't think these characters necessarily are going to play into that. I mean, Luke Cage, Iron Fist... Pot, uh, Daredevil is the only one that I could see that maybe would transfer over necessarily, kind of like Flash with Arrow. I don't think Arrow would transfer, but I think Flash could uh, could transfer if the actor's performance is that good. But they have to be really good. It's not about special effects or how they look to me. It's about how well the actor is that character, if you think of that actor as that character. I, I agree with you, Jay, but I, I also think that some of these just work better on an episodic television level than they would on a movie level. Like, especially like a Jessica Jones. I mean, like, yeah, she, it's going to be a case a week type of show. And that's just going to work better on episodic television where we don't really need to see that kind of character in the Marvel movie universe, you know? Right. It, it's a little bit, I think the actors that play them and also how well the characters themselves even fit into the story that the Marvel movie universe is trying to tell. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Honestly, I think like in the Marvel Universe, a lot of these characters do have bigger roles that they could play in these movies. You're dealing with Daredevil, a man without fear. Maybe when everybody else has fear in the Avengers, 
Daredevil's the man without fear. He's like the guy you would least think of to be able to handle the situation, but with his lack of fear, he's the guy that actually saves the day. And it's the underdog. And a lot of people root for the underdog, and I think that that would be kind of cool to see in a movie. And like, I, maybe I'm biased because I am enjoying the Mark Wade run on Daredevil and like to see him play a bigger part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, uh, you know, um, okay, anyway, that's kind of what we were talking about. Holy crap, what just happened? My dog just, like, attacked my TV. Something just happened with a cat. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Oh, my God, what time is it? Okay, at least Walking Dead recorded, because they just totally knocked out everything over there. You guys continue <laughs> to talk. I'm going to take a look at this real quick. I'll be right we'll back. We'll ramp it up. Yeah. I, you know, I myself prefer Daredevil as a solo character. I've, I've never been a big fan of putting Daredevil on a team like the Avengers. I, maybe the Defenders I can buy, but I don't – I've never liked Daredevil as part of a big superhero cape team very much. Yeah, I mean, he could really come out as like the main guy if they if they do the the defenders. He, he could come out as like the Spider Man type iconic character, and like Brian said, as the man without fear, uh, as a normal human being with kind of, I mean, he's kind of fucked up. He he's blind, you know, and uh, he has all kinds of normal kind of human problems, and so it'd be cool to see him kind of come to the forefront in an Avengers movie, that would make it interesting and a reason to include him, not just from the TV, but into the uh, cinematic universe as well. Yeah, maybe even just an appearance as Matt Murdock as the Avengers lawyer in the Avengers right. movies would be cool. Right. I, I think I'd prefer that to a fully costumed Daredevil in an Avengers movie. Yeah, I mean, and, and it could be something that they, they, you know, they tweak and they tinker with and eventually, like, he does become daredevil in the avengers and he's like i'm tired of this shit i'm because he's the lawyer and he has all the information on what's going on he just eventually steps into the role of daredevil in the avengers film i think that'd be awesome i mean he, he's 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 an a-list character that's been kind of put on the back burner all the fucking time and he's just not been done right i think so i mean if the tv series does well and I mean, he's he's supposed to have his own his own show as well as Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, if if they can like push him up to the forefront and give him a reason to be involved in the Avengers, then that would make sense and it would be really cool. I don't know about you guys, but I was shocked by the news that Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage would be having separate series that are both thirteen episodes long. I I really wow, thirteen episodes of Iron Fist. I don't know about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that is odd. Yeah, I guys, I, I, I love Iron Fist, but yeah, I mean, without Luke Cage, where is where is the story? I know, think this is all gonna. I think this is all gonna be origin stuff, which I think will origin stuff is always interesting in my opinion if it's done correctly. So I think origin stuff, if they can get it out of the way and then lead into like them all meeting in this like big event for the defenders, I think that'll be interesting if they can do it right. But yeah, Iron Fist is definitely going to be the hardest one to pull off. My my biggest question I was thinking is like, are they going to go the route of like, you know, because okay, so they said like if these movies do well, like they might get movies. Um, I was thinking like they're going to try this out. They're going to go the route of like the Mortal Kombat Legacy online, you know, um, show. Uh, these were the online episodes only available online. Uh, and, and 
you know, have these seasons and then have them separate from the actual movie that they were planning because Mortal Kombat Le- Legacy came out online. It was supposed to be an online show and then uh, with the success of that where they were planning on having a separate movie where they were going to bring in different actors and just have a, a, a different movie. This was just kind of a way to like test the waters and see how people would react to you know Mortal Kombat. Well, what's happened in the meantime, of course, is the director for the Mortal Kombat Legacy has dropped out and said he's done. And so a lot of people think like the movie's not even going to happen now. But that that's kind of like what I got from this is like they're going to try this out and then see how people react to like, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and then kind of like go from there and see if like if this could be something they could bring on to like the Marvel Cinematic Universe on a bigger level and then get like a bigger actor to play these characters like maybe bring in like uh I don't know like a a bigger a bigger profile actor to play like Luke Cage or Iron Fist or even you know Daredevil Yeah I mean I I agree with you I I mean I think they're testing the waters but you know, I think uh, as far as Daredevil's concerned, I think that character has been really fucked up as far as the, you know, cinematic universe is concerned. I mean, that was with if, Fox. That was with Fox. He's back at Marvel yeah. Studios now. He's back. Right. I, and, and I think they're playing it safe. I think they're worried about it because of that. And I don't really think they need to be. I think Daredevil really stands on his own as an awesome fucking character. And you don't really need to go the television route. Um, but at the same time, like you can't get, I think it's gritty with like characters like daredevil or even punisher. Well, without going, you know, the television route without trying it out that way first, well, because we're, we are used to this kind of way that Marvel makes his movies at this point. You're going to get grittier with the daredevil and these characters, on Netflix than you ever would have gotten with them being on ABC and coming on after Shield. No, I agree, Brian. I mean, and Jessica Jones from Alias. I mean, that was Marvel's first mature comic, right? So I expect the same from the show. You know, right? I agree, and I, I hope that that's the way they take this. I hope it is separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know that Agents of Shield is tied into it i hope this is separate i hope this is kind of like a trial thing and its own thing that doesn't have to be part of that universe and then maybe they will be like oh okay you know what this did work out um you know this this worked out well maybe we can have like a solo daredevil movie maybe that'll be like a phase four type thing maybe we don't want to do a separate luke cage and iron fist movie but maybe we want to have a heroes for hire movie and that would work you know, but um, yeah, we'll see. Th- this is interesting. This is awesome news. I think, you know, if we aren't going to see these characters in movies, at least we get them in these Netflix shows. That's positive. One person that I'm surprised that didn't make the list, Jay kind of pointed this out, was Punisher. Yeah. Yeah, it's very surprising. I mean, with, with like Walking Dead and, and kind of the. You know the gore and violence in Walking Dead. Why? Why can't you have a Punisher television uh, a series? And I think for him, like that's a good way to have his character, just like Luke Cage, just like Iron Fist, is is to kind of bring him in and test the waters that way to see if it's okay to go that road. 
Because, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of people are used to the way that Marvel's Marvel is making these movies. There's no hard R rating, but you can do that in television. You can do that with Walking Dead. And so why can't you do that with Punisher and Daredevil? Why can't you bring that element to it and see what you know, see how people react to it, see if you get as big a, a, a response from that? And I think you would. I think you absolutely would. And do it on Netflix. Yeah, and absolutely. In Netflix, you have even more freedom to to do those things, and that's what's awesome about Netflix. Yeah, and I don't think it's too far fetched that Punisher still might make an appearance in one of these series somehow. I think he has to. I mean, uh, he's one of those things that's like in the back of your mind or heart as a comic book well, who, fan. Who do you want to re- see? Who? What villains do you want to see in these movies? In these uh, television shows? Oh well, as far as villains, like I mean, if you're doing if you're doing Daredevil, you got to have the Kingpin. And, I mean, you've got to have the Kingpin and Bullseye. You gotta have you've got to have fucking Bullseye. Awesome character, totally overlooked and underused. I mean, even Marvel doesn't know what the fuck to do with Bullseye. Keep Bullseye in that. I mean, he's he's a fantastic. Even you know, just as good as like Loki is, as far as a villain you love to uh, or you hate to love or you know whatever. You love this character, even though he's a villain. Guys, Bullseye my, is definitely one of those. My characters. question is, since this is a Netflix TV show and it could be separate from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and separate from the Marvel Universe, since it is a TV show, are they allowed to use, in this case, like we've talked about in earlier episodes, are they able to use like maybe Doctor Doom, who is owned in the cinema universe by Fox Studios? I don't know. So it's weird. It's weird how in the cartoons they have all the different rules, and in the TV shows they have all the different rules. I, I don't even know what to Honestly, say. Honestly, in the TV shows they are able to use whoever they want to, but with Marvel Agents of Shield, that is directly connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's kind of like a loophole, I guess. Mm, Something gotcha. like this. I don't know, but since it's owned by Marvel Studios and going through Netflix, I, I don't know. It, it, that, that, this is interesting. I mean, this is like where you need to sit down with like the Marvel Studios lawyers and talk to them about what can and cannot be done. Because like, could there be an could there be an episode where, with Daredevil where he's battling against Doctor Doom? Fuck. I mean, I mean, it seems like it. I it mean, ha- if we go by the you know the 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 cartoon universe they can definitely use whoever they want so i think i think that applies to the television thing but I, yeah i mean i'm fucking as clueless as you guys are on that yeah, yeah if if it does not happen i'm then this might be they might have plans to link this with the marvel cinematic universe in some form that's i a- wouldn't mind it i wouldn't mind it if it's if it's done right i mean <sighs> I, I wouldn't think they're going to like just shit on this and and really go half-assed on you know f- characters like Daredevil and Luke Cage, Iron Fist. You know, all these people are are really looked upon as like even though they're B-list characters, everybody fucking loves those characters. It's just that there hasn't been an uh, an outlet for them in live action they don't, yet. They don't have to be B-list characters though. I mean, Iron Man was a B-list character at one time in the comic books. That book was right. not selling. And then Robert Downey Jr. took that part and he redefined the character. And now he is a billion, $1.3 billion is what that last Iron Man 3 movie made. And so like, I'm not saying that 
Netflix is going to do that for Luke Cage or Iron Fist, but I'm not, I'm saying if they get the right guy in there and it connects with audiences, these don't have to be B list characters. You can take it to the next level, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off on Netflix. With right. That. And it's a lot of characters are really do right. You know, you've got what, four or five guys here you're trying to do correctly. Yeah. And then tie into a, a, a Defenders a, a, movie. Defenders. Yeah. yeah I mean, come event. on. That's that's a tough thing to pull off. So I mean, I I have to think that they have an overall you know view of what this is going to lead into. I have to think that they already have that kind of planned out. Jake, do you trust Marvel Studios to pull this off properly, or is this still kind of like something that you're just not one hundred percent sold on? Like they should maybe have not done this. I trust Marvel Studios to do it properly. I'm just more weary about the character choices. I think than anything. Just seems like you said. I'm surprised Punisher isn't in there. I mean, combine Luke Cage and Iron Fist together, throw Punisher in there. Right. Um, I know they've been trying to get an Alias show on the TV for years now, so I'm kind of not surprised that she's lumped into there. Um, I'd like. I'd like to know what our listeners think about this. So I'd like to see some some interaction, maybe some emails from you guys, maybe some posts on our Facebook page. What do you think about you know some of these characters? Are these characters that you see that you care about? I mean, do you care about seeing Daredevil come back? Do you see do you care you even care give a shit about Iron Fist or you know Luke Cage? Um, I mean, let us know. I'd like to hear what our listeners have to think about this. We should ask uh, Hassan too. Ask who? Hassan. Yeah, we, I'm going to tell you what, when we call Hassan back next week <laughs> and let him know that he called the wrong number, number one, and, uh, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll ask him, you know, how do you feel about Luke Cage? How do you feel about Iron Fist? Yeah, you while know? we got you on the phone, Hassan, what do you think about that Marvel Netflix deal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have tons to say. <laughs> but, you know, what about Ghost Rider and Blade? You know, they're kind oh, of good point. What what yeah. are they going to do with them? Are they going to be in these shows? These, I mean, yeah, these are properties that were once owned by Fox and Sony, respectively, that are back in the Marvel Studios stable. What are they going to do with these characters now? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think maybe that they're thinking like it hasn't been that long since the last Ghost Rider film. Right. Give us some time. But I think, you know, I think Blade would be a pretty cool pretty cool character i just don't know if they're like you know blade is pretty much like an r-rated movie i don't know if what they were thinking about maybe with like throwing him in a netflix series if they could you know go that far with a netflix series i think they could and i think it would be great yeah i mean that hemlock grove was pretty pretty violent right yeah i agree it's going to be interesting to see i can't wait we got to wait until 2015 anyway but yeah. uh, I think what's going to be cool is like following up on this and getting some casting news. So yeah, absolutely. Can we just skip 2014 and go straight to 2015? No, we've yeah. got to watch Days of Future Past. Oh yeah, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and Cap. Yeah. Um, All so, right. Yeah, so we've got to go through 2014. I'm not as excited about 2014, but um, that is, I think, I don't know. There's going to be some. I think there's going to be some good movies that come out of there. I can't wait for Cap Two. No, I can't wait either. So after you know me and you, Jake, we got to watch that five minute trailer, and I think that uh, holy shit, I left. I had a little chubby when I watched it. I got to. <laughs> Damn it, you fuckers! <laughs> it was a 
was great. It, it was the fastest five minutes of my life, Are too. you serious? Oh, man. God dang it. All right. I'll see it. I will fucking see it, and I'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> <laughs> the right. only fucking one I didn't see in 3D. I know. I know, dude. And half the time you watch these movies in IMAX, Jay. I see them in IMAX 3D. Yeah, I, I spend fucking 15, 20 bucks. Dude, yeah. I honestly, I thought when I saw like the picture posted on Facebook, I thought that you had, I thought it was Jake that was the, the cheap ass and went and saw it in 2D. Yeah, no, I, I was like, is this, is this post <laughs> And they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, moving on to the next story. Real quick, I just want to cover this. While Netflix is bringing us great entertainment with Marvel, they are also helping kill off another form. So 20 years ago, I'm going to ask you this question. Would you guys have ever thought or imagined in any alternate universe that Blockbuster Video would be going out of business? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, man. I mean, being being in the, you know, I, I owned, a, owned a record store. We sold music and DVDs like... I saw that coming, you know. Unfortunately, you know everything's going to digital or or uh, red box yeah, or anything. But, but like twenty that. years ago, twenty years ago, no, definitely not twenty years ago. I yeah. mean, Jesus, I mean that was like the height height of it. You know, yeah. you, you you never imagined that Families, you wouldn't be able to go rent this stuff. Yeah, you'd go as a family. You'd go in to the video store. You'd rent your VHS movie. Seriously, like Blockbuster was, uh, dude, they were busting everybody's wallet. I mean, they were rich. They were like kings. I mean, they were the pimps of uh, video. I mean, they, they were whoring out movies like, uh, you know, Rocky, Jurassic Park, Poltergeist. Uh, you know, they were selling movies to us like we were fucking Johns on the street. Yeah. I mean, gosh, 20 years ago, there was a video store on every fucking block. Yeah. too. I guys, I, I you know, I remember walking into a video store that was somebody's fucking house. House, house. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you go into their house, yeah, and before it was like a room full of video. Yeah, dude, this is back in the fucking day when there's Betamax and shit, man. Yeah, we're not, we're yeah. not talking about porn, Jay. <laughs> no, no is, I mean maybe soft porn, but. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to somebody's yes. fucking house. Yeah, their do you own remember the, dude, 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 Do you remember that house in Peoria, that White House? Yeah, that you'd walk that's what into? I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about too. That's where we would go <laughs> yeah. to rent the movies, dude. This is before the motherfucking chains. This exactly. is before the chains, dude. You would, okay? Before Blockbuster, before Family Video, before Hollywood Video, before all these places, before all of them came out, you would walk into somebody's house. They had it. <laughs> it, it looked like somebody's house. Okay, yeah. it, it was a house, dude. You okay? It's not like it's it's not like a family was living there and like some guy was rolling out of bed and shit and scratching his ass at the same time right. you were renting fucking Rambo Three. I'm saying that you walked in there and it looked like a house. It was not a a building like an establishment like a business you were renting something on something like someone actually lived in at one time okay yeah, it's crazy it was crazy and that's the way video stores were like i tell my girlfriend about that and she still thinks i'm crazy but no <laughs> that's the way it was before these big franchises came out and so like if now i told you that you're down to blockbuster is down to their final 300 stores and their online service is gone here soon I mean, this is crazy. Netflix and like the internet and on demand, they have officially killed Blockbuster. It's over, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, Amazon Instant and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Hulu Plus, all of Hulu, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff killed it. Roku boxes? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, Apple unfortunately, TV? there's no reason. You know, I prefer brick and mortar stores and like there's some family videos here and me and my girlfriend, we were talking recently and we were like, you know, there's a family video in uh, Springfield, Illinois, and they, they've done everything they can to like bring in like, you know, good food and they've got like a pizza place inside there as well and like all these different things and like they're trying everything to stay open and and so uh, we've talked about going less to the red box and going more to your brick and mortar store and I, I, I encourage everybody out there if there is like a, a family video or a family owned video store in your area that's still in business you know maybe just pay the extra like 50 cents or whatever to rent your video there let's keep some of these brick and mortar stores up for the local people um, you know, I, I, I think it does. I think it does the economy good too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and it, and it expands your choices. Like people don't understand. Like no matter how convenient, um, you know, like Netflix is or anything like Amazon is, I, I love them too. But no matter how convenient they are, they're not going to have the diverse selection that some of these other stores have. Right. We- just totally off the wall movies that you know you're gonna fucking love, but you would never watch because they're not available on those services. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and you're supporting those people. You're, you're supporting support- other people. Yeah, you're supporting. That's awesome. You're supporting locals. You're absolutely right. And another thing is like when I walked into my Blockbuster here in Decatur, and I'm not saying all Blockbusters are awesome, and everybody that worked there was great. But I want, when I walked into the Blockbuster here in Decatur, they always said hi to me and I could always ask the dude up at the front. The dude was awesome. I'd ask him like, Hey man, what movies do you recommend? I've seen a lot of things that are out already. What movies maybe I haven't heard of that you would recommend? He'd be able to tell me. If I asked my red box, it would just fucking stare at me and wait for me to like <laughs> slide my dude, credit card. The guy behind you would tell you to hurry the fuck up. Exactly, <laughs> dude. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, you know, if there's still some brick and mortar stores in your area, Support them. That's all I'm saying. If you don't, whatever. I don't care either way. That's it's your prerogative. Whatever you know. But um, you know, I, I personally, I'm going to make an effort to go to like Family Video, some of the stores that are left here in the area. That's just my thing. It, it's it's almost like, and and this kind of scared me about comics was when I when I got back into them and I realized like how much of it was available digital digitally. Which I, I enjoy. I fucking love having the digital comics and having a different experience than I would with just reading the, you know, the physical copy. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff you got to worry about. Is convenience really the best thing? Like, uh, you know, you're, you're not giving back to these people that really fucking love it. And you can't go up and talk to your fucking computer about how great this comic is or how great this DVD is. When you when you have a brick and mortar store with you know that's been around for like you know ten plus years or five plus years whatever you can actually talk to them and say like yeah. what do you fucking recommend what's good yeah as, as, 
you know, rather than your computer telling you what's fucking the best thing to do, which isn't always the best thing to do, oddly enough. I agree, dude. <laughs> I remember going into like family video back in the day and just even talking to patrons that are in there is with, with me and not knowing what to rent and like some dude would just be like, Hey man, yeah, check that movie out, dude. I had a lot of fun with that movie and walking out, taking that movie home, watching it and being like, holy shit, dude. I don't even know that dude, but he hooked me up with one of the baddest fucking movies I've ever seen. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're you're not going to get that with a computer. It, that's the thing, like, you know, where where technology's heading. You know, we're kind of going into this room where, where Google and uh, you know the computer has all the answers, but they really don't. They don't have the human element. And when you go into these brick and mortar stores and you ask these people, you know, what do you what do you like? What do you what do you watch and what are you right. listening to? That's what's that's what's really great, and those are the moments where you really like, you know, mind blown. You watch a movie and you're like, "Fuck, that changed my fucking life." Yeah, you don't get that with the computer. You know, you get ratings and uh, you know statistics and what sells the best. Right, but you're not necessarily getting quality over quantity. And then Amazon is just trying to sell you another video on top of that that you might also like and a bunch. <laughs> yeah, account. you might also enjoy this. Shit, <laughs> Jake, I didn't think you were still alive. I was talking about how Blockbuster is dead. I thought you might have been di- dead too. I haven't heard from you in like the last five minutes. So <laughs> I'm here. Okay, cool. Hey, anyway, uh, last uh, – so I don't know if you guys watched the Edward Norton hosted Saturday Night Live that was on a few weeks ago. But they did a parody of him playing Owen Wilson in a Wes Anderson movie. Brilliant. It was – did you see it? Yeah, dude. I'm oh, a SNL addict. Wasn't that fantastic? It was brilliant. I, I'm actually a Wes Anderson movie hater and, uh, and this, this was so funny. See, I like um, – I'd say like 75% of what Wes Anderson does. I mean, he did Rushmore, which I hated, which most people loved. He did Darjeeling Limited, which I loved. Uh, he did uh, The Life Aquatic, which I hated. But then he did The Royal Tenenbaums, which I loved. And then he did Moonrise Kingdom, and I loved it. Uh, he's got a new movie coming out recently, and hopefully I'll like that. I hear the people that love the trailer about that. But his mov- movies, they certainly have a different look and a feel to them. Um, so as Saturday Night Live, they made a fake trailer for a Wes Anderson film that was set as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, Edward Norton played Owen Wilson. It was hilarious. Uh, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page. Otherwise, just do a search for uh, Saturday Night Live, Edward Norton, Wes Anderson, and you're bound to see this video. It was absolutely hilarious. It looked oh, exactly like a Wes Anderson film. I showed my girlfriend, and it was nonstop laughs. I mean, she was trying to get ready for work that morning, but at the same time, she could not like stop laughing. She really appreciated it. Thought it was really cool. Oh, yeah. And not just looks, but sounds just like a Wes Anderson film. They got yes. all the music cues perfect. Yes. Yes, and like the the props and the way that they make the set look, you know, it was total Wes Anderson. I oh, and I, the kids and the listing yes. and everything. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check it out. If anything, I'll try to remember to post it on our uh, Facebook page. Jay, this is something I don't know if you're a big Wes Anderson fan, uh, fan, Wes Anderson fan, or if you've watched much of his films. But if you have, like, I think this you'll like this as well. 
Yeah, fucking. I I I love most of his stuff. Like you said, I think you're pretty right on on as far as you know how good they are. But most, most people yeah. love Rushmore. I mean, with Jason Schwartzman. Um, but yeah, I, absolutely. I, I just wasn't a big fan of it. I thought it was really weird, and maybe that was just like my first introduction to Wes Anderson. It took me another movie to get into him. And oh, side note, Jason Schwartzman is being rumored as pl- another actor who might be cast in Jurassic Park for Jurassic World. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which I, which I think is really cool. I mean, if if they don't get Jeff Goldblum, at least get Jason Schwartzman. In yeah, there because. I think you you have the same kind of wit and intellect as far as the actor, as far as the actor is concerned. I think you you're on a good pace right there. That's a great point because they got Josh Brolin. He can play serious. They've got Idris Elba possibly, which is being denied, but who knows? But yeah, if they get Schwartzman, he might be able to like like you said, Jay. Good point. Play that Doctor Malcolm, or at least fill that comedic role. Yeah, and, and it's a character you also wouldn't mind being seen eaten by a fucking T-Rex. You know, you would still be like, yeah, you know, round of applause. Because <laughs> he's that fucking great, you know. All right, I want to move on to some Star Wars news, okay? Okay. All right. So, I don't know if you guys heard this. If you haven't heard it, I'm thankful that i get to blow your fucking minds <laughs> all right so someone apparently bought a rare star wars episode six return of the jedi laserdisc from ebay for six hundred and ninety nine dollars and it turns out it apparently was once used to demonstrate raw footage using lucasfilm's edit droid station now the laserdisc turned out to have deleted scenes from the movie that didn't make it to the final cut, as well as bloopers. Um, the buyers of the Laserdisc have been posting these to f- their Facebook page, which I thought was very cool. Like, they didn't have to do that, but throughout the, ca- the past couple weeks, they've been posting bloopers and deleted scenes. Now, most of the clips are from Luke, Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's last visit to Yoda on Dagobah, but another found gem features a full minute without any audio, though, unfortunately, of R2-D2 repairing Skywalker's damaged X-Wing on Dagobah. But are you guys still there? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm just listening. Okay. okay. <laughs> Me too. But now they have found an extra line in the movie that comes from Yoda. Yoda says when talking about the truth of Anakin Skywalker being Darth Vader, quote, Obi-Wan would have told you long ago had I let him. Oh, shit! Guys, I I have the audio clip and I'm willing to play it. I mean, they're willing to play it on Facebook. I'm willing to play it for you guys. Uh, Would you guys like to hear it? Fuck yes. yes. Okay, you're going to be able to hear this clip. You're also going to be able to hear some of the background crew and some of the direction that's being uh, played in the background as well. But you are going to be able to hear Yoda. Uh, Frank Oz, is that the guy that played Yoda? Yes. Yes. Okay, you're going to be able to hear the original Frank Oz who played Yoda in in all the Star Wars films. So I'm going to go ahead and play that clip. Head back on the pillow. And unfortunate that I know the truth, Unfortunate that you rushed to face him. That incomplete was your training. That not ready for the burden were you. 
Obi-Wan would have told you long ago had I let him. <sighs> now, a great weakness you carry. Fear for you, I do. I'm sorry. Face Vader, you must. And sorry, will not help. All right, so that was the clip that they played. You can actually see it online. I'll see if I can, if it's still up there on the internet, because I'm sure, you know, Lucasfilm, we all know how they are with uh, their clips and how guarded they are. They like to take them down as soon as they are up. But I made sure to, you know, record that audio so I could let our audience listen to it. Um, I'll try to post the footage on our page, our Facebook page, if at all possible. But what this reveal changes is the character of Obi-Wan. I mean, uh, so that it's not him that was actually keeping the information from Luke, but rather him being strictly instructed not to by Yoda himself. I mean, we all remember at the end of Empire, Vader says, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. Uh, and this is why even Luke confronts the force ghost of Obi-Wan later and says, Ben, why didn't you tell me? You told me that Darth Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Um, so, I mean, this changes everything that we know. I mean, I can't say 100% that this is canon because it was left out by Lucas, but, uh, this m- was originally part of the script. What do you, what are you guys thoughts on this? I mean, did that, did hearing that one line kind of change things for you? Do you think about the movie differently or I, I would like to know what you guys think. I don't, it doesn't really change much to me. I mean, regardless of who decided for Obi-Wan not to tell, I mean, that's pretty much what we knew. It ha- they had to protect the twins, so they had to keep it all a secret. Whether that came from Yoda or Obi-Wan doesn't really change much to me. I I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty brutal. I mean, I think, um, you know, when I was watching the uh, original trilogy, I kind of felt like, you know, there was a lot that was kept from Luke, and I I... I felt his, you know, frustration frustration with that. And I think that kind of really solidifies that for me is that that was part of the story is that Yoda was actually keeping stuff from Luke as well as as well as Obi-Wan. And I think, you know, uh I, I don't know. I, I I feel like when I was growing up and watching those movies, you were mad like, at Obi-Wan. Yeah, I was pissed off because as as a kid with kind of a right mind, not that I have one now, but growing up and, and, and really kind of looking at the world and what was going on and people not telling me the absolute truth of things, um, I think that really adds to the story. I mean, yes. that's really crazy that, yes. was, that, that was left out. But I guess I kind of inferred that from – you know, the movies, even though that, you know, particular line mm-hmm. wasn't in there. I, I, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I agree 100% with you, Jay. Watching those movies, my, this is honest, like watching those movies, I sided with Luke. I was mad with Obi-Wan. I'm thinking to myself, why the hell wouldn't you tell him? Why right. wouldn't you tell him? You know, and I mean, you can say that, like, you don't want to get his emotions involved, that, you know, you want him to take out Vader and not know that he's his father. But at the same time, it's like, 
it's a lie. You know, uh, I mean, the thing still played out the way they should have, in my opinion, you, you know, but, you know, he, he kept things from him. And uh, this changes everything, in my opinion, from hearing what these Laserdiscs, um, you know, imply that 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 uh, that Yoda was the one who in, instructed him not to say anything. You know, part of me agreed with Luke, and maybe it was because of my age when I first watched it that I was younger and I could relate more with Luke at that time. That like, why the fuck would you lie to me, dude? Right. You know, I, I I think you have that in the in the real world. You know, with with you know like politicians and whatnot, people that fucking lie to you. Like, is it for a good reason? Like, is it for the greater good? Like, did Yoda make that decision for what he believed to be the greater good? But at the same time, like, uh, you know, when when it was when we were watching it, you know, me and you and Jake right. and all our ages when we were actually watching that we felt that frustration like why right. the fuck are you keeping shit from us but now and, we understand why he had to that's a big deal when it comes to jedis because if he would yeah. have gone against yoda basically at that point when he goes against yoda he's risking becoming a force ghost later i mean he could have been like qui-gon jinn and they could have burned him easily i mean you know what i mean Right. Yeah, That's right. one of those things like you don't go against Yoda and you don't go against uh, – there's certain things in, in the Star Wars – I'll even call it a Star Wars religion that you don't want to mess with uh, because it will fuck you in the end. It's kind of like karma. And uh, going against Yoda, I think Obi-Wan did the only thing that he could do in this case. I think it all comes down to Yoda. But everything worked out the way it should have worked out in the movies. And, you know, of course, like, um, you know, Luke eventually, uh, you know, brought Vader back and uh, back from the dark side and everything worked out. But I think this one line that they left out changes a lot. If it if it is if it what if it were to be canon, this would have changed everything. So do you guys think the end justifies the means? Do you think Yoda should not have? Kept that? Now that I'm older, yes. But back when I was a kid watching this shit, dude, I would have totally sided with Luke. Like, why didn't you tell me, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's crazy about Star Wars in general is you have this um, – and I, I think we all question that stuff as we grow, grow older, like religion and politics, like these old way of doing things. Like, are they really the right way? But when you talk to those people, like, they absolutely believe that they're the right way for a very good fucking reason. And I think that's the same way with, like, with, with this scene that they cut is that Yoda was, you know, trying to, trying to justify why he would keep that from Luke, why he wouldn't keep the truth from Luke. Like, sometimes you don't, you're not ready for the truth. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Which I believe totally just in my own experience. Like sometimes you're fucking not ready for the truth. You don't have enough experience to understand what it means. Yeah, and I think protection was a little bit of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe they thought that when that's why they kept it out of the movie, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it doesn't take away from what we learned from the movies. I don't, I don't think it takes away at all. What do you guys and think? We know, Luke, oh, sorry. No, what do you guys think about the fact that this person purchased this fucking 
Laserdisc on eBay for $699, just thinking it's a regular Laserdisc, but it actually is like one of the special Laserdiscs that they used for like editing and shit, and it's got all these extra scenes on it. Wouldn't that blow your mind? Bargain. <laughs> no shit, it's a bargain. But like, they could have kept this. They could have kept this and charged people or something. I mean, or like, sold it for even more money. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. it's cool that they went ahead and like started putting this stuff out on the internet for people to see. Because you know, Lucas, dude. Now that they found the shit out, I guarantee pretty soon. If not even now, they're pulling this shit off the internet because you know they're going to want to package this shit in a f- fucking like, you know, Blu-ray for people to watch in the future. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, cause you know how Lucasfilm is. Like, you know, even though it's not George Lucas anymore, it's just Kathleen Kennedy and Disney. They're still going to want to make a buck off this. They, I'm sure they don't want this stuff being, you know, shown out there for free. They're going to want to package this and sell this some way to the public. Oh yeah. I mean, fuck. Uh, I mean, you know, as far as me growing up, there was the Bible and there was Star Wars. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what is right or wrong. I really don't. And I'm not trying to make that argument, but you know, for me, like that—that that is a treasure trove of of mythology of of human existence of you know, kind of what we believe and what we stand by. So whether you agree with it or not, like that's a document. And Star Wars is kind of a document, just to me, just like the Bible was. I'm not saying which one is better. I'm just saying, like, it documents what we believe. And, and I think, uh, I think they realize that. They'd be fucking stupid not to realize it. Yeah, I'm, Star Wars had a lot to do with, uh, their, the Jedi's religion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, growing didn't you pick sides yeah you're like i know what is right or wrong sure. because of just, star wars just like the bible there's good right just like bad. the bible right there's yeah. good and there's bad there's no in between and that's right really like i'm not i'm not saying like the credence of one is better than the other right right i'm just saying like when you watch star wars as a child i'm not you, say, pick, yeah. you pick sides yeah it's not like you've accepted uh luke skywalker as your personal savior i'm just saying that, <laughs> right yeah it's just you know there th- there's good there's bad there's light there's evil you know there's light there's dark there's ying there's yang i mean that's that's star wars um but um all right i I thought that was interesting i also wanted to talk about some uh other uh star wars news here real quick the uh, uk newspaper reporter reese blakely he writes for the times he walked into the bad rob bad robot office uh bad robot is uh jj abrams studio he walked into their office just to speak with Abrams about S, uh, which is uh, his new project. And he found uh, the actor, I'm going to try to pronounce his name here, Chiwetel Ejiofor, waiting there. Chiwetel Ejiofor is the star of the new movie 12 Years a Slave. Uh, now, Josh Whedon fans will remember him uh, from Serenity. Um, his article from the Times said, the lost, quote, the lost and Star Trek director thrives on mystery and surprises, which pits him against the Hollywood hype machine. Can he keep his plans for the most famous sci-fi franchise of all of them under wraps? The British actor Chiwetel Ejiofor, frontrunner in this year's Oscar race, is sitting in the lobby of J.J. Abrams' office. If you're a sci-fi fan, this might be very big news indeed. Um, I'm he also goes on to say I'm here to talk with Abrams about a side project, 
a book called S, of which more later. But really, if we're honest, there's only one thing any showbiz hack wants to know from J.J. right now. The skinny on Star Wars Episode Seven, which he's going to direct. So do you guys think that uh, – why, why do you think uh, this actor – uh, who's getting all this acclaim for this 12 Years a Slave movie, which unfortunately is not released he- anywhere here. Like the closest place it's released to me I've looked is uh, – because I want to see this movie is St. Louis. But um, he's the main actor in this film. There's got to be a connection to Star Trek uh, – Star Wars, excuse me um, – with this actor. I mean, he's sitting in the bad robot's office. So, you know, this writer, he's kind of putting two and two together. Is this guy going to be cast for star Wars? Yeah. I mean, it seems like a strong possibility. I mean, I don't know why else he'd be sitting in the lobby, you know, trying to talk to JJ Abrams or discuss anything, you know, why, why else would he be there? So, I mean, I, I think it's a strong possibility, but, I mean, there's so many fucking rumors that, I mean, I, I every day, every week, there's new Star Wars casting rumors or, you know, what's going on with Star Wars. So, I mean, but but for him to say that, I mean, it kind of, it kind of shows that maybe that the focus that what he's talking about is Star Wars. Okay, now, Reese Blakely, the reporter for the U.K., he asked Abrams point blank about the actor Chuetel Ejiofor, and Abrams said, quote, I can't discuss casting, but he's a very talented gentleman. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm pretty sure he's probably on the radar for J.J. Abrams to cast. I'm sure they want to get as many qualified actors as possible for Star Wars to get away from the uh, bad acting kind of that Star Wars is a little bit known for. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a movie that's getting a lot of critical acclaim right now. Uh, Award season, I'm sure that this movie, 12 Years a Slave, is going to be a uh, sensation as far as like uh, you know critical acclaim is concerned and on a side note Brian I think as soon as this movie officially gets all those nominations I bet it'll see a wider release for us yeah I hope so I mean you've got Michael Fassbender in there he's playing I think he's playing a role that it's going to be hard for me to watch him in watch him in he's uh, kind of uh, one of the I think he's an overseer on a plantation Um, and then you have Brad Pitt in the movie um, it is a movie that I want to see, uh, very much so, um, because of the acting that I've heard that, uh, the, the level of acting that is in it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, it's going to be something that, uh, watching it that I'm sure that's going to be, that's going to hit me on an emotional level. Like, man, I can't believe this is a part of our history. God, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, um, Okay. Somber note aside, um, th- this guy, he seems to be uh, 
an actor that's getting a lot of attention right now, and it would be smart for Star Wars to kind of lock him up in a deal and take advantage of that. You know, I mean, Star Wars seems to be the hot movie right now. I think every actor out there in Hollywood wants to get a part in the film. We talked recently about Sayoris Ronan wanting to be in the film, and she has recently come out and said that, no, she has not gotten the part. Uh, she has been officially turned down for the role that she had acted, uh, that she had uh, auditioned for. So I know that's probably not good news to Jay with him being a fan of hers, but that's that's the thing. That's that's how much competition there is out there for this for this film. Yeah, I mean she uh, she came out like I think this week and even said that that you know like many other actors I have also auditioned for this role and I did not get it. Yeah, and I, I felt pretty sad you know for her because I really wanted to see her in in some kind of role, but. It, you know, it, at the same time, it seems like they're being really particular about this, and and that's not necessarily bad news, you know. So, um, it's great to see that enthusi- enthusiasm from actors and actresses, but it seems like they're being, you know, pretty particular about who they're looking. For. Yeah, they are. I, I agree. And uh, at this point, you know, with the news that we heard about JJ and Kasdan being the ones that are in charge of the screenplay, that changes everything. Any casting rumor that we've heard, uh, I don't put any stock in at this point. I don't know who that they're looking for at this point. Yeah, not, absolutely nothing has been confirmed. <laughs> so right. everything with that, you know, that we've speculated or that was rumored, nothing has been confirmed yet. And and I don't think that's a, that's a bad thing. I You know, I, I really... You no, know, they they didn't fully throw out the script. You know, from what I've heard, you know, uh, they after Arndt was you know let go, they did they didn't throw that out. So they're keeping that, and they're still basing you know everything they do off of that. So that's still a good. Everything is really good news. You know, there's been a lot of hiccups here and there, but um, I'm it's unfortunate that Cerise Ronan, she's a great actress, but. There's other great actresses that could fill this role. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What, Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's. I agree with you. It's. It's all kind of been thrown out the window. I mean, at one point, we kind of had an idea of exactly what kind of people and characters they were casting for at least to go on. Yeah, and it's like the, now the, we have, we have nothing to go right, on. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are they going to cast this guy, or who are they going to cast him as? We don't even know what they're fucking looking for anymore. Yeah, that's true. And uh, that all goes back to I think they are kind of like uh, pandering a little bit to J.J. Abrams and his style. Disney's maybe changed the way Lucasfilm does their movies, and uh, we're not going to be able to get kind of like a glimpse behind the curtain as to see what they're doing. So I don't know. Part of me likes it. Part of me is scared because I hear the rumors like, oh, yeah, they're wanting to push it. The release date to 2016, Iger saying no. And that worries me a little bit. But if JJ says that he can get a movie out there with Kasdan, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to be doom and gloom like I was last week. I was a little bit of doom and gloom last week, and maybe I'm changing my tune this week. I'm, I'm going to put a little bit more faith in JJ. So we'll, we'll see with as more news stories come out. Yeah, freeze it for now. Yeah, I'm going to freeze it. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> but uh, let's go over a little bit of DC news. I think this is important. The Rap has recently reported that Adam Driver of the show Girls, I believe, is that a Showtime show? 
Yeah. Okay. Is it HBO or Showtime? No, I, it's I HBO. It's, Showtime. it's HBO. I'm sorry. It is HBO. Driver plays Adam Sackler on HBO's Girls. It's a role that actually earned him an Emmy nomination this past year for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Now, uh, he's also in, uh, appeared in films like J. Edgar, Lincoln, and then the upcoming Coen Brothers film Inside Llewellyn, Llewellyn, uh, Llewellyn Davis. Uh, Latino Review originally dropped the rumor and there are two other unnamed actors in contention for the part. The report calls Driver the front runner for the role, which is described as being Batman's estranged partner, Dick Grayson. Grayson took on the Nightwing moniker to go off on his own crime-fighting adventures after being taken under Batman's wing as a sidekick. This is now, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, after Dick Grayson took on the role of Batman after Bruce Wayne was killed, and then after Bruce uh, came back, he took on the role of Nightwing. Am I correct? Yes, you okay. are correct. Okay, good. Uh, I, is, I'm not familiar with the actor, so I'm going to have to freeze it on this one. So thank you, Lee, for that suggestion. I'm not, I'm not familiar with Adam Sackler or his I'm work. I'm not familiar either. Yeah, his work on Girls or any of his other uh, films. Um, so I'm going to have to freeze it on this one. Now, if I were to, uh, you know, cast someone as Nightwing, the only exposure I have and the only person that they w- I would hope that they would go with would be Stephen McCain, who played Nightwing in Hisani Johnson's directed Grace and Earth One. Uh, Jay and I had the privilege to interview him, uh, you know, a few months ago. Uh, if you want to listen to that interview, it is up and, and it's ready to listen to on iTunes. So check that out. I, me and Jay had a lot of fun talking to Hassani. Yeah, I mean, he's he's fucking amazing. He's perfect. He's actually an Olympic-level athlete, and he really has the drive to really uh, bring the, you know, the passion and enthusiasm behind Dick Grayson. Um, but um, this this guy from Girls, Adam Driver from Girls, um, he would also be very, very good. I, I watched that series. He was fantastic in it. He kind of plays like a... Uh, almost a dim-witted guy, but you know he has some kind of thing behind him. You know what I mean? Like, you know he's not just that. You know he's not just this stupid fuck. And so, like, I, I think that would play into it, but at, at the same time, I don't really, um, like, this news kind of, like, took me back a bit because I was like, why, why throw fucking Nightwing into this? Why do we need Nightwing or Robin? See, Why that, do we need the sidekick? That's the whole thing is because now that they have they have forced themselves into this older, grizzled Batman, they have to establish that there has to be a Robin. That's the reason why, Jay. I, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think they've backed themselves into a corner now. Like, they've thought about this. Like, holy shit. Okay, so we've got Batman now. He's 40, this 41-year-old Ben Affleck, this older, grizzled Batman. Um, if we're going to do a Robin, we have to throw him into this movie. And at this point, he should be Nightwing. Robin seems silly because he's 41. We've got to have a Nightwing in here somewhere to explain this. Right. Does I that mean, make DC, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, or DC could just go the Marvel route and just write the movie that's the best movie and not worry about that kind of shit. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be an adaptation. 
But has right. DC always written the best movie? Jake, yourself, no. you're not a big fan of David S. Goyer, and that's the guy who's in charge of this. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned with this Nightwing news. I, I, yeah. I don't really need Nightwing in this film. Uh, guys, have we have we always wanted to see Nightwing, Nightwing in, a, in a big blockbuster movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Ever since I was a kid and I read the, you know, the Teen Titans, I've always wanted to see, you know, Nightwing in a film. Always. Yeah. But it's happening like this in a movie that I was hoping would just be focused on Batman and Superman. And then maybe at the end of the movie, it would talk about like, you know, Batman talking about, you know, hey, you know, now that I'm cool with you, Superman, um, there's some other people out there that maybe we need to recruit. And then that's when they bring in like, you know, Wonder Woman. Right. And she's got like her little cameo. And then from there, like that's maybe like where they can expand on this and maybe like bring in possibly like Stephen Amell to play Green Arrow or like, you know, Grant Gustin comes in and plays Flash. But I I hope it's not these guys that are playing these parts in these big time films. I hope that they go with bigger, higher caliber actors. But um, who knows? They, they might surprise us and actually have Stephen Amell play Green Arrow. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm not happy with the direction that they're taking this 100%. No, yeah, me neither. I mean, uh, Adam Adam Driver is is a great actor. Um, I think he could really play that role well. I know a lot of people online, you know, didn't take to this very (laughs) well. There's already two other people in the uh, running now. Um, But I, I... I just don't – I don't want it to be a clusterfuck. Like you said, Brian, I want it to be Batman, Superman. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. fucking care about who else appears in this, Wonder Woman, yes. Flash. Batman, Superman is such a pinnacle story that why why do we need to go like all out in this second movie? There's so many other movies to be told. Yeah. So many other stories with Superman that could lead into Justice League. Why do we have to clusterfuck it? And why Nightwing? I don't want Batman. I I don't want Batman getting any help from Nightwing. I want Batman to kick Superman's ass all by himself. Yeah, I'm saying it. I want Batman to kick Superman's ass. I want Bat. I want Superman to feel like, okay, you know what? I have all these powers. I have this amazing power set. But at the same time, there's this human that just fucking put me in my place. That's what I want, and I don't want him to have help from you know anybody in the Teen Titans or anything like that. I want it to be Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel two, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's what's great about mythology too. You always have these normal human beings that are fucking stepping up to the plate and taking on these godlike people. That's what was great about Superman. He was coming from the humanistic view, like. You know, I know you've lived here. I know you grew up here, but you really don't fucking know what it means to be a human being. And especially after what, you know, the events of Man of Steel. And that's why he's into play, I think. Um, Just to say, like, I don't think you really fucking know what it means to be a human being. And you're a threat to us. And we're not going to put up with it. And I can take you down if I fucking have to. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unfortunate that Warner Brothers just seems to be on the fast track to the Justice League movie. I think they've got the dollar bill signs in their eyes at this point, and that's all they care about is getting to that as fast as possible. 
That's, that's what's worrisome. It is worrisome. Yeah, it seems like a fast track. You know, you're hearing about possible Wonder Woman. You're hearing about possible Nightwing. Like all these characters, Flash possibly. Like, but it's crazy to me that they can't that they that they can't like like they're so worried about like oh how can we do a solo Flash movie? How can we do a solo Wonder Woman movie? Well, you know what? Maybe you need to bring in a different writer than David S. Goyer to give you some ideas. Damn it. For sure. Yeah. That's what Marvel does so wonderfully is they have so many different talents working on so many different movies and everything has its own feel, but yet it's all one cohesive unit. Yes. Everything comes together in the end and the mastermind, the maestro behind it is Joss Whedon, which I I respect Alan Taylor for giving the phone call to, to Joss and saying, hey, can you come in here and help me with some parts of this film? Which I would have respected Shane Black if he would have got off his fucking high horse and called in Joss Whedon to help him in Iron Man 3. Maybe that would have been a different movie for me. Maybe I would have given it a taste it, at least. Yeah, I mean, but even before Josh Whedon, Marvel was doing it right. I mean, Josh Whedon wasn't on board for Iron Man 1 and they, you know, and for the next couple movies. Yeah. They, they, they've been doing it right all along, I think. Right, but Josh Whedon was the one who did the Avengers. That was the event. And so everything right now is centered upon like getting these movies that come out in phases to lead up to the event. He is the maestro. He is the puppet master that leads to the event. And that's what they're banking on is the Avengers too. You know, they want to hook you with these small films. If they can hook you on one character, then they can bring you into watching that next Avengers film. Right, and I, I don't think DC has that overall, like, you know, far-reaching vision. Right. I don't necessarily think they have that. They're yeah. just like, we throw these characters in and maybe later we can do something with it. Right. Yeah, Jay, that's exactly the difference is DC isn't using plot to get you to come see the Justice League movies. They're just using the property. Right. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good Terrifying. point. Very good point. So what do you guys think the DC could do different? Do you think that that's what they need to do is they need to go outside of the box and they need to get somebody else in there as opposed to like David S. Goyer, maybe even go outside and be like, hey, listen, you know, maybe, we, you know, Zach, you, you were great for these first couple movies, but, but we're going we're gonna to branch out a little bit and get some different people in here. I just – that is what they need to do, but they need to not cram everything into Man of Steel 2. Let Man of Steel breathe, you know? It's got Batman. That's okay. Okay. Don't don't shove everything into it. So you know? maybe Let- maybe just have it introduced, maybe, you know, Wonder Woman and then go from the go from there because people are kind of pining for a Wonder Woman movie. I mean, after watching that Wonder Woman fan trailer that we saw recently coming out in the last few weeks, maybe let's get a Wonder Woman uh solo movie out there. I mean, you guys uh you guys did you like uh did both of you like uh a uh, chronicle with uh you know it had uh Michael B Jordan that that found footage superhero movie I, yeah um oh god the guy that's doing fantastic crank crank's first movie right yeah uh, Josh Josh Trank yeah uh now Max Landis he's the screenwriter uh for that he actually wanted to pitch a Wonder Woman script but apparently like Warner Brothers won't even look at it. Now, his vision of that movie, he said he envisioned her as a 25-year-old girl. He says, quote, not gorgeous, but interesting. She washes up on a beach in Miami with no memory of how she got there. 
it turns out Diana is the scout for the Amazonian invasion of the real world. Uh, it becomes now that she doesn't remember what it was like to be an Amazon, a question of identity. I see her as sort of the anti Fifty Shades of Grey. It's all about a strong female character making her own decisions. Now, I'm not 100% sold on his vision of the character, to be honest with you, after listening to that. But, I mean, maybe they do need to bring somebody else in, like Max Landis, and, and listen to the, some of these ideas uh, and go outside of the David S. Goyer box that they're kind of like stuck in right now. Yeah, and just take a chance. Just make the Wonder Woman movie. I mean, Iron Man didn't need a lead on lead, lead in. Marvel just took a chance and did it, and, and it they, worked. Yeah, and they did it with two people that nobody would have thought uh, would have made like the best dream team. I mean, when people said John Favreau, I was like, you know, I love John Favreau. I I loved his work as as an actor in uh, uh, Swingers, and then I loved him in uh, Vince Vaughn and Made and 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 these movies, but. I didn't know how he was going to be as a director, uh, but uh, he, he did a great job at that movie. And uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. I was excited for, of course, because he he does embody Tony Stark. But uh, yeah, we all were. Yeah, but hey, take a chance. Take just, a just chance. Do just make the Wonder Woman movie. She yeah. doesn't have to show up at the end of Man of Steel two for you to be able to make this happen. Just just fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have to show up at all, you know, in Man of Steel. Well, no, no, I, I, I want her to. I want somebody to show up. I want it to be like a comic book, like where they Brian have that, Batman showing up. They have that. Yeah, cl- Batman's that, there. They have that cliffhanger. I want that cliff. I know Batman's in the movie, but I want it to be like the comic books, where like at the end of the issue, you've got that cliffhanger that keeps you that keep that last panel, that one spread page, where it's like, holy shit, there's the reveal, there's Wonder Woman to be continued, and then you've got to wait to the ne- next issue. I-, I want it to have more of that comic book feel, and so like if it did end with Wonder Woman, that would be like, holy shit, that would get everybody pumped for the next movie, kind of like that. Iron Man moment where we saw at the end of the film after the end credits where they showed Nick Fury come into Iron Man's you know uh, into Stark Tower like holy shit oh my god Nick Fury we're all like blown away and stuff like that and we couldn't wait for the next movie and they continued to do that I'm not saying that fucking they ha- they're biting off of Marvel Studios for doing that no that's not an original concept it happens in every fucking comic book let DC do it for god's sake <laughs> Good point. Very good point. I yeah, I I see what you're saying. I mean, I I, I guess like you know, for me, like Batman Superman's like that myth mythical like ultimate fucking comic book story, and um, I guess it's really hard for me to wrap my head around them trying to introduce different characters, but they do it. I mean, yeah. they do do yeah. it in the books. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I want I want it wrapped up. By the time you see the credits, then we have a mid-credit scene with Wonder Woman. They they can wrap up that whole story, kind of like you know you got you got Zack Snyder, David S. Goyer. Hey, we've done it. It's over. We we got our story. Now the next director who's going to take on the Wonder Woman film, he comes in there just like we saw in this last movie where Alan Taylor said, "Okay, I'm done. I finished my Thor movie." James Gunn came in there and did his Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, collector scene. 
So, I mean, you right. know, what, you know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying is like, uh, let's branch out. Let's make this a comic book because I'll be honest with you. I love Man of Steel, but it didn't have that comic book feel. I think I stuck around in the theater and waited for that mid credits or that final end credit scene and it didn't happen. And that kind of bummed me out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I went into Man of Steel waiting to see something of Batman. You know, that's why I went to Man of Steel originally. I wasn't, like, waiting for another Superman movie. I was like, where is the appearance of Batman? Are, are you going to introduce somebody? And, you know, what are the clues? And they and it, and it definitely had that. You know, don't get me wrong. It had Easter eggs. Yeah. But you still went into it and you waited till the after credit scene to see, you know, is there a Batman? Is there a Flash? Is there an Aquaman? Something. Right. And um, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's, you know, unfortunately, like Marvel set the template for that. But yeah, but like, I, I, I th- like that's you wh- said, it's been there all along. Yeah, that, I, I think that that's why they didn't do it. I think that they were like, well, we don't want to we don't want to copycat off of them. We don't get people to, to say that, oh, we're just trying to do what Marvel's doing. No, I mean, that's what comic books do. You're a fucking comic book publisher. Number one, do what comic books do and leave us with that cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, Marvel didn't do anything that was so fucking amazing. I mean, it's not like they created the theory of relativity by fucking doing those scenes. You know what I'm saying? That, right. That idea has always been there, just like you said. It's what the comics have done all along. Okay, and if you're worried about making a mid credit scene, don't do it as a mid credit scene. Just do it at the end of the damn movie. Right. Yeah, do it as the finale of the film. Right. Just like TV series do that, like Walking Dead, everything else, like – there's always that cliffhanger at the end where you're just like, I can't fucking wait till next week. Just do that. That's that's a proven formula. You know, I, I I'm not saying I want all these movies to be the same. You know, do it in your own way, but still have that element of like, you know, yeah, this is a this this is an ongoing story, sure. and it doesn't yeah. have to do. It doesn't have to be a self-contained. Movie. Just these two characters or this one character. Right. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. I don't know. I've had a lot of fun this episode. I didn't know. Was there any other stories that you wanted to bring up? I've got a few more, but we can wait until next week to talk about them. I, I, I don't know if I can follow up fucking talking about Man of Steel with something else. That's that's a passionate fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so either. Like the Nightwing story was like kind of what I was leaning towards. Yeah. Like that was kind of a That's big a deal. Great but... way to end the show. So yeah, sure. Next week we might talk a little bit about the uh, From Dust Till Dawn TV show that's being talked about. Um, and some other things, uh, you know, Max Landis, we talked about him in Chronicle. He talked about, you know, if they were going to make sequels of the Chronicle movie, you know, he talked about where it would have headed. And he also explained the uh, how the characters got their powers and things like that. We, we might talk about that a little bit next week. We might not. But uh, anyway, I, I think we're going to wrap up this news segment. Uh, if you like this news segment and you've seen Thor, definitely check out our Thor podcast. Okay. We've got two podcasts out this week. We've got our news segment and then our Thor podcast. So definitely check that out. But, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up, wrap this episode up. 
Uh, and don't forget about our contest. We've got our contest. If, uh, yes. we're, yeah, we're looking for a, uh, end of the show kind of like catchphrase, something to end the show with, something like, you know, until next week to be continued or until next Go week. Go fuck yourselves. Until, until next week. Yeah. <laughs> until next that's week. That's the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old standby. But, you know, like, um, if you have like an end of the show catchphrase, and I've heard some really good ones, guys. I've got some new ones that I heard from people that I want to tell you about later. Very cool, everybody. Yes. Yeah. But uh, if you've got one, please send it to um, what is it? Popcultureleftovers at gmail dot com with the subject catchphrase, and let us what our end of the show catchphrase should be. Um, you know, something show related or something. You know pop culture related or whatever, you know, blow our minds, you know, whatever you want it to be, send it to us and, and we'll make a decision. And then on episode 30, we'll pick the winner and the winner will win a print from Sean Hamilton from create Inc studios. Um, definitely check out his work on his webpage. He is fantastic. Um, want it. Yeah. It's a great prize. You've, you you really want his shit. It's really good stuff. His work sold out at New York Comic Con by Saturday. The con wasn't even over by Sunday. He had sold all of his prints by Saturday. Wow. That's good news for him. He got to walk the floor a little bit on Sunday. <laughs> well, and it also gives him a little bit of idea that maybe next year he needs to take a few more prints with him because it seems like his work is in demand. And if you go to his webpage, just do a search for Sean Hamilton. It's S-E-A-N, Hamilton, and uh, Create Ink Studios. You'll be able to click on his webpage and check out some of his artwork. It, it is phenomenal. It's a lot of fun. Very cool pop art. I enjoy it. And uh, check it out. And I think a lot of his prints you can even order from his webpage. Um, and, hey, Sean, if you're listening right now, I am going to try to call you within the next couple of days. We kind of played phone tag over the last couple of days. But uh, he, he He's fantastic. He listens to the show, and and you could win a piece of his artwork. It's actually it's actually signed by him. So definitely try to think of a catchphrase for us and uh, send that off. And hopefully you can you know you might be a winner. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great fucking prize. I want all of his artwork. He's he's so phenomenal. Like you said, pop art at its finest. And he mixes sci-fi and, you know, all the things that we love growing up and comic books, all that stuff. He does a really, really phenomenal job. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian sent me a link to his page earlier this week, and I was just blown away by it. In fact, I've been trying to think of an end-of-the-show line that I can tell one of my friends to email to the show yeah. so I can <laughs> yeah. get my hands on this shit myself. <laughs> Fantastic shit. Yeah. So even if you don't enter into this content, which you should – at least check out his artwork on his on his webpage. Right. And and Jake's trying to rig the contest, so he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so. like his bootlegging career. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I had a lot of fun this week. I don't care if anybody else did, but I did. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, fuck the rest of them. We're the, we're the best of them. <laughs> That's why we're the leftovers. We'll see. Exactly. You. We'll, we'll see you next week. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. Who gives a shit about you? And fuck yourselves. And we're the leftovers. We're the leftovers. See you guys next week. Suck a dick, Petey. Oh, come on. Leave Petey out of it. I love you, Pete, and everybody else. I love Pete and everybody else, too. All right. Everyone.
Lay Most, that. Mostly. <laughs> All right, later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. Like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy, like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Um, Michael, uh, good morning. This is Hassan. Uh, uh, please call me when you get this message. I believe uh, you had a, a bill which is not paid. I, I'm sorry. It has gone by me. Uh, you, you never mentioned it. Please call me to see what it is that I can uh, send a check for you. Again, I apologize. We're mishandling this uh, 714.